Praise the Lord. That is the African way. I would like to bring greetings to, to you from Sunlight Community Church. Uh, you are fellow brothers and sisters who have been so helpful, not only in terms of prayer, but also in terms of giving us the space. Uh, we have a church office here, and uh, many of the week meetings, uh, whenever we want to have a, a, a weekly meeting, we come over here. Uh, recently, my daughter had a wedding, held a wedding here in this, uh, in this sanctuary. So we are really grateful for your friendship, for your love, for your prayers. And uh, remember, we can't forget this because of what you've done. And I believe that as the Lord continues working in Sunlight Church, you are a part of it. You are a part of it. You may never know. I would like to share the gospel uh, of the kingdom of God. I understand you're going through the book of Mark, and I'm going to pick one story from Mark chapter 5, from verses 1 to 20. Um, because you've covered it, I'm going to share a few thoughts from that passage. And the title of my message is The Gospel of the Kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Kingdom of God. Before we go to chapter 5 of Mark, I would like us to look at a, pas a passage in verses, chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, that I believe is a summary statement. It is a summary statement that introduces uh, what Mark is going to talk about in the subsequent chapters. It's just a summary statement. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 to 15, it says, after, after John was put in prison, Remember, John the Baptist is the one who's introducing Jesus and his ministry. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good, the good news of God. He's not proclaiming bad news. He's proclaiming good news of God. And this is what he announced. He said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the gospel. That statement is a summary of what Jesus is going to preach about and do for the rest of his ministry. Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom of God. He said it's, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has, has, has come near. The, the concept of the kingdom of God was not new the, to the Jewish people. They had been expecting, expecting Messiah to come and establish his kingdom so that he may free them from their political enemies, the Romans, conquer evil, and establish the eternal kingdom of God. So they were expecting the kingdom to come. But Jesus comes, and the kind of kingdom he's, he's announcing is slightly different from what they're expecting. He's announcing a spiritual kingdom. Now, they were not wrong because in the end when Jesus comes back, he's going to establish the kingdom they were expecting. But at this point in time, he's introducing a spiritual kingdom. Now, kingdom in this sense means the rule or reign of God in human hearts and lives. It is the reign of God or the rule of God 
in, 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 in the human hearts and lives. Not just, because normally we say it is the rule of God in human hearts. It is not just hearts alone. It is also in their lives. Notice that Jesus say, what Jesus says about the kingdom of God. He says it is come near. And by this statement, Jesus is not saying that the kingdom of God is imminent. Just about to arrive, it is near. What Jesus means is the kingdom of God is a present reality because he's right here in their midst. He is the king they were expecting, but he has come in a way they didn't expect. The kingdom of God is a present reality. It is here because it is in their midst. You remember one time the story that, Jesus, that, that Luke tells about a time when Jesus cast out a demon and the, the Jewish people are saying, especially the Pharisees, they were saying, he's casting out demons using the chief demon. So it's like Satan is casting out Satan. And then Jesus tries to correct them and tell them, hey, a house divided cannot stand. And then he tells them a very interesting passage in Luke chapter 11, verse 20. If I drive demons by the finger of the power of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. If the, if the miracle I've just done is done by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Because the king they were expecting was going to perform miracles according to the prophecies in the Old Testament. He's saying, if what I've done is by the power of God, then it means that the kingdom, has come, the kingdom of God has come. Now, when you look, Look at the, the way Mark writes his book. This is different from Luke, from Matthew, and even John. You see short stories of teachings and miracles that, that happen. He puts them close to each other in a rapid succession. The point he's establishing is, this is the kingdom of God at work through the power of Jesus Christ. Those miracles that take place, and, and the mark moves very fast from the beginning. It keeps moving from one place to the other. Short teaching, a miracle here, a miracle there continuously. It is the power of the kingdom of God that is at work because Jesus the King is in their midst. And he wants us as readers to get to that point. This is the kingdom power. At work. This is the kingdom power at work. So, the kingdom of God is news. And that is what he says in that, in that passage. He went preaching good news, the good news of God. About the kingdom of God. Everything about the kingdom of God is good news. It's not bad news. So, the question that is going to guide our the rest of our message is, why is the kingdom of God good news? Why is it good news? And that takes us to Mark chapter 5. The kingdom of God is good news because human beings have a problem. <laughs> or we have a need. Human beings, we have a problem. And I don't need to give you evidence. You need to open your eyes and look around. 
You need to look in your family. And they say, we have a problem. Look at the way people relate with each other. If we were to take a, 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 a video and you put it on screen and, screen and, and show people how we relate with one another, we have a problem. Now let's read verses, Mark chapter 5, verses uh, 2 to, to 5. When Jesus got out of the boat, he just came from the Sea of Galilee and he gets to a place called Gerasenes. Verse 2, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit, the demons, came from the tombs to meet him. And this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his, on his feet. No one could, was strong enough. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with, with, the, with the stones. That's a very sad story. It's a story of hopelessness. It's a story of pain. It's a story of brokenness. It's a, a story of loneliness because the man is not in the family. He lives among the tombs. It's a story of uncleanness. It's a hopeless situation. But the sadness to sing about this story is that people tried to control him, help him to get to stay with the family. And so they were using chains to retain him at home. You stay here, you belong here, not, not, not at the tombs. He could break the chains because of the, the wicked spirits that were dwelling inside of him. He could break the chains and go away to the tombs. At the end of verse 3, actually not verse 3, at the end of verse 4, the Bible says no one was able, no one was strong enough or able to subdue him. So there was no solution for his problem. No one could help him. He was a miserable person. He was a person that was experiencing a lot of pain. And there was no hope for him because no one could help him. It, is, it was bad news. For this man, bad news for the family, bad news for the community. He's crying on the hills because he was being tormented and tortured by the wicked spirits inside of him. No one could help him. You can ask a question what does this got to do with me? A lot. A lot we identify with this man. We may not be having evil spirits in our hearts. But remember where you were before you got born again. You were in a dark place. If each one of you and those of you who are watching online were to come and give your stories, people could be amazed as to how, as to how God can change a person like you. 
Listen to what the Bible says about the condition we were in before we got saved. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse, verse 5, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. We were blind. So that we cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ with the image of God. We were blind as unbelievers. We could not. That's the word. We could not see. Spiritual blindness, a person can wear a suit. A person can, can have a Mercedes Benz or, or Rolls Royce, can have a bed of gold, but he's blind spiritually and cannot save, open his eyes. That is what we were before we got saved. But a passage, I think, that, that really captures what is happening in this, in this passage here is Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. God has rescued us. Paul includes himself. He said, God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. From the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God has rescued us. We were bound. We were in a spiritual bondage, but God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. It is a, a dominion. Just like this man in Mark 5. This man in Mark 5 was in a bondage, and he could not save himself, and no one else was able to save him. But we are told God rescued us when we trusted in Christ as Savior. Elsewhere, the Bible says we were dead in our sins and trespasses. How can a dead person raise himself? It is that kind of condition we were in. It's that kind of condition that an unbeliever is in. Just like the man in Mark 5, no one could, could be able to save him or, or deliver him. And all of us, whether it is today or before, we were bound. Oh, some are bound up to this moment. I was looking for a picture that uh, can describe, really capture the condition of our hearts. And that is the picture I could, I could uh, find. Can you look at that picture? That young man is in a, a locked place. It's a locked place. The feet are bound. And the hands are bound. In a very interesting way, so that even if he wanted to remove the shackles, he cannot. And so his face looks miserable. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, that is, what you, that is how you are spiritually before you got saved. And if you haven't, that is how you look like right now. You are in a spiritual bondage that you cannot be able to set yourself free from. Believers don't make light of 
your pre-salvation condition. Don't make light of it. It's, it, it's a serious situation. Here is the good news. You, you know the person comes to you and says, I have news for you, but it is in two parts. Uh, it is bad news and it's good news. Which one do you want me to start with? And then you say, ah, start with the bad news so that when you tell me the good news, at least I can go away happy. So I've just told you the bad news. And you cannot understand the good news of the kingdom of God until you have understood the bad news. You have to understand the bad news first before you understand what is good about the kingdom of God. So this man was bound, was miserable. No one was able to help him. We were bound and miserable. No one could be able to help us. A professional cannot help us. A parent cannot help us. Our friends cannot help us. The good news in this passage in Mark 5 is that the king who has come has power and authority to deliver, to set free a captive like this. This is a miserable condition. To set free a captive like this. Let's read verses uh, 6 to 15 quickly. When he saw Jesus from a distance, it is this man we were describing, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him before he could not be bound by anyone. And now those demons that were in him are subdued before Jesus, the king who is representing the kingdom of God. Instead of running or instead of, of resisting, he runs towards Jesus, we are told, kneels on, uh, in front of him. Verse 7, he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus was saying to him, come out of this man, you wicked spirit, or evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs along, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. They had about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Let's stop there. When Jesus, the king who represents the kingdom of God, came to the situation, the condition had to submit to him. 
It had to submit to him. And that is the good thing about the kingdom of God. It had to submit to him. So this man with the demons comes and kneels down in front of him. And he's, he's just begging, please don't destroy me. He's begging, do not send me out of the area. Begging, please allow us to go into the pigs. And Jesus gave them permission. Jesus, full of authority and power, the authority and power of the kingdom of God, set free a man that was in trouble. He set free a man that was desperate, that was broken and having pain. He sets him free. And we are told that when people came, they found him seated, dressed up, and in his right mind. Isn't that what salvation is? That is what salvation is. That's what it means to be born again. The restlessness, restlessness in our lives, where we are going everywhere, searching for something to satisfy us. Searching for something to satisfy us. It may be relationships, it may be a bottle, it may be a drug, it may be something. And nothing seems to work. We seem to be getting deeper and deeper into a hole. But here comes Jesus with the kingdom power. He comes and, and his very presence is enough to begin to cause things to change. It's enough because he's the king. And so this man is set free. The one people said is a gone case. His life is changed. The demons that were tearing him apart are fled at the command of Jesus. He's now wearing clothes. He's, he's sitting down and in his right mind. Everything about the kingdom of God is good news. Is good news. It is good news. Everything. Listen to what a passage that is not on screen. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Luke, when he's writing that passage, he says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. He went around doing good. He preached the word of life. He delivered those who were troubled by demons and he healed the sick and he brought order to people that were chaotic in their lives. He went about doing good. Everything about the kingdom of God is good. Everything about the kingdom of God is good. And that power is still working today. Jesus went to the cross. He paid the price for our sins. He was buried. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He was exalted to the highest place and enthroned on the right-hand side of the Father. He is king forever. That power that set this man free is at work today. That power is at work today. Turns people's lives from sadness to joy. From confusion to clarity, from bondage to freedom. Completely free. 
Jesus is alive today. And what he did in those days, he's doing today. But here is the connection to the power that can set us free. Here is the connection. We go back to that passage we read in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. This is what the Bible says. Repent and believe the good news. Repentance and faith, repentance and faith is what connects us to the power that would set us free. Repentance and faith. And repentance is not just feeling sorry for our sins. And the two are connected, repentance and faith. It is submitting to God. Giving ourselves to God totally. It doesn't matter what situation you are in. Is it a habit you are struggling with? Is it a sin? Is it an addiction? Is, what is it you are struggling with? Is it a broken relationship? Submit to God. You say, Jesus, you are the one I need. I cannot be able to serve myself. I've tried everything. It hasn't worked. Now I submit myself to you completely. I commit myself to you completely. That is repentance and faith. Renounce your, your past life. You say, I'm not going to walk in this life anymore. I give myself to, to Jesus. And that kingdom power will work in your life and begin to create order and the freedom in your life. And sometimes the impact of that power is dramatic and immediate. But sometimes it, it keeps working quietly, quietly in your life. And as you move along, you discover, I'm different. I'm not the person I used to be. I'm different. This preacher is a prominent preacher who preaches and was giving a testimony about his life. Was a, was a person that lived a wicked life. And he was into, into music and all that. And then the mother kept praying for him for many years. God hears the prayers of mothers. And this man got saved. But he used to smoke a cigarette. So the man, the man, he, he, he didn't want to keep smoking. So he, he started resolving. One day he said, I'm, from today, I will not do it. So he got the cigarettes from his pocket, threw them into the woods, and walked home and said, from today, I'm not doing it. Then the urge was too strong. He, he could go back to the woods and, and pick them and bring them back home. And then he feels guilty and throw them away. One day, someone gave him a secret. He told him, don't focus on your addiction to nicotine. Don't focus on that. Focus on Jesus. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us. Don't focus on your weak areas. Focus on Jesus. So he began to focus on Jesus, worshiping him and studying the word and being obedient to the word. He did not know when he stopped smoking. He was free completely. And there was a time he was a very angry man. God delivered it. That is kingdom power to work. Jesus is able to heal you. Jesus is able to deliver you. Jesus is able to change you. 
He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's good news. You have to connect yourself with that kingdom power. And you connect with the kingdom power through repentance and faith. You completely surrender yourself to him and tell him, Jesus, take over. And I know America is a land of, of the brave and the free. Isn't it? So that, so that uh, I want to be free. We do not want to have any nation controlling us. We do not want anybody telling us what we need to do and we shouldn't do. I'm a free man. I'm a free woman. But when it comes to spiritual things, we cannot go there with the American mentality. We submit ourselves to Jesus and say, here we are. Tell us what you want us to do. Tell me what you want me to do, Jesus. It is by surrendering your freedom to him that you find it. It is by surrendering, surrendering your freedom to him that you find it. True freedom. True freedom. Eternal freedom. So don't see, don't see your submission to Jesus as a burden, as if you are being deprived of the enjoyment of life. It is when you begin to live life when you submit to Jesus. The good news of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah! Then, when that has happened, you need to say one more thing. Tell your story. Tell your story. Don't keep quiet. Tell your story. In verses 19 and 20, Jesus tells this man, you know, he was living and this man wants to follow him. And you know, a person who has been converted wants to follow Jesus. You don't want to hang around with the same group you were with that was putting you in, in bondage. You want to follow Jesus. So he wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus tells him in verses 19 and 20, go home to your own people. Other translations say, go home to your family. Oh, go home to your friends. The man had lacked a family. He didn't know the warmth of a father and mother, a brother and a sister, or children, or a wife. Jesus has set him free. And he's telling him, go back to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Go tell them. Tell them what has happened to you. Tell them the deliverance God has given you. Tell them how much you have been forgiven. Tell them how much you have been set free. Don't keep quiet. Some of us are quiet. We have a lot to say, but we don't want to say it. We want to keep our Christianity to ourselves. It's my private business. It is not your private business. Open your mouth and say what God has done for you. Glorify God through your mouth. Tell your story. Maybe you will encourage someone. Tell your story. Maybe someone will be pointed to Jesus. Tell your story. How can you keep good news to yourself? People don't keep good news to themselves unless you don't see that what has happened to you is good. 
We, we are good at telling things. You see something here, you, you run and tell someone. Sometimes we do it the wrong way. Or sometimes we start saying wrong things. But here is something that you should not be silent about. That God has forgiven you. God has set you free. God has healed you. God has transformed your life, your family, your relationships. You go tell the story. And we are told, so the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, those were 10 cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Jesus did not have enough time to preach everywhere. This man was a Gentile. He went, he went to the couples, the Gentile cities, and he started preaching for Jesus. The ministry continued. Jesus went elsewhere to preach, and here was a man who had been delivered. He went preaching. Tell your story. So the kingdom of God comes in power through Jesus Christ and it does things that we, we cannot be able to do for ourselves. And then we get free. We need to tell the story. Like us to close our eyes. As I was sharing this message, I believe in my heart that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. He pointed at something in your life that has been impossible to overcome. Or maybe you are not born again and the Holy Spirit has been telling you you are not right with God. I would like you to connect with kingdom power. Just repent of your sins right now. And surrender your life to Jesus by faith. Tell him, Jesus, here I am. I give my whole life to you. I reserve nothing. And as I pray this prayer, I'd like you to believe when you walk out of this place, I want you to, 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 to focus on Jesus, not on your weaknesses, focus on Jesus. Keep confessing, thank you, Jesus, because you've set me free. Dear Father, we come before you this morning. We are grateful because of your kingdom that came to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that that power is still at work in our midst today. As we preach the gospel, as we worship you, you have been saving one person one after another. Your kingdom continues expanding. They hear your people today who are saying, Lord, we have been having struggles in our lives. We do not know what to do. Lord, I pray for that man or that woman, that young man or that young woman, who has just prayed to you and said, Lord, help me. Lord, I pray that your kingdom power will work in their lives in a way they have never known. That they will be able to see your victory in their lives and come and give a, a testimony. Tell their story of the goodness of the Lord. Father, I pray that you may break the shackles of the enemy in each one of these people who have prayed. Break every shackle, God. Dethrone every idea. Dethrone every form of fear. 
every form of confusion, O oh God. Pray that you may dethrone them. Let Jesus be exalted in our lives and in every circumstances. May we live to tell us all of what you've done. Thank you, Father, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.